You're listening to Moto the Podcast, a podcast about life, culture, music, entertainment, and pretty much everything, led by two recent law graduates, Mahini and Toby. Moto, that's why it's called Moto. Didn't want to say good morning or good evening or whatever, because we don't know where or when you're listening from. We kind of have this image of someone doing the dishes and their hands are all soapy and they desperately want to turn our podcast off, but they just can't and their phone is slipping everywhere. <laughs> If that's you, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry that I'm now narrating what's happening in your kitchen, but yeah, welcome to Moto. The first episode of Moto. We've got a tapestry of topics to uh, discuss today. Um, Don't know where it's going to go. We're going to start talking about what music, Netflix, all of the things that you're doing um, to pass the time. Where this is going to take us, nobody knows. What we do know is that uh, I'm Toby. Well, you might not know that, but... And that would make me Mahini then. We forget that not everyone already knows who we are because, you know, we're well established in the student radio of Warwick listenership kind of sphere. Um, (laughs) Ship sphere. (laughs) You should add every suffix known to man. Is that not listenership sphere? No, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're new to this. I think it's abundantly clear given what the audio is like so far. But stick with us. But I must say, it sounds very crystal clear babble. That's owing to our brand spanking new technology. I feel like we're one of those hobbyists that take our hobby too far and we've just been like, let's order some mics, let's go. Amazon makes it too accessible for anyone. <laughs> it's ten past nine. We've been up since, well, I've been up since half seven. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually, I consider myself a morning person, but I've been a bit all over the place. You know, I feel like I am currently the definition of two left feet. I've... Um, tripped over several times i dropped a mug this morning uh mahini we're not friends anymore (laughs) are you calling me a mug Uh, that was the joke oh that's just rude toby anyway um i'm actually really glad you said that because part of the artwork i made like in prep for this episode by the way i'm going to be making artwork after shows to show what we spoke about rather than preempting what we might talk about but it's worked out really well this time i was going to use bambi on ice as a metaphor for graduates outside of uni because we're here and we're just like skidding like I don't know what's going on type of vibe but you've kind of embodied that and I also embodied that this week yeah except I don't need to have graduated in order to do that I'm just sort of slipping all over the place anyway this is true Um, but no that's that's a good that's a good metaphor every every now and then a good metaphor comes along and and that's one of them I'll take that on the chin um I don't know why that's kind of what you do for criticisms, isn't it? You take, the, <laughs> I take that on the back. Where do you take a compliment? Under the armpits. I don't know. I don't think so. It's a grey area. Yeah. So my Bambi thing took on a whole new lease of life this week. I was dog walking, and I don't know where you are listening from, but in the UK we had a lot of snow this week, and I had snow on my UGG boots. Hashtag brand. Hashtag advert. Hashtag purchase UGG boots with Moto code. None of that. That's an invalid code. <laughs> that could be very confusing. That's an invalid code. <laughs> they would literally laugh and say, who is Moto? That's an invalid code. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't slip in the snow. I slipped when I was running home to go to the toilet and slipped then. Not in the to- not in like urine or anything. I slipped because I had snow left over on my shoes. So you were a Bambi on ice on ice. Exactly, which is why... The whole, I think it was like foreshadowing that I was going to slip when I was sat there doodling my Bambi, like what a good metaphor. 
But yeah, I had to go to A&E because I really hurt my ankle and knee. When did this happen? This happened on Tuesday and I didn't tell you because I wanted to talk to you about it on the show. But it was actually the most horrific experience and quite funny as well because... So I took my boot off and then I couldn't get it back on because I was in so much pain. And we went to the hospital and I essentially went in without one boot. Maybe at the back of my mind, I thought, this is it. This is my Cinderella moment. I'm without a shoe. My prince is going to come and find me. Bring along an Ugg boot and be like, oh, you left this in the bathroom in the girl's toilet. Yeah, no such thing happened. I was being wheeled around on a chair. By the time I'd had my scan and the doctor came out to see me, it was like I'd been there for about three hours. He came out, looked at me in the chair, kind of thought this can't be the patient I'm meant to see. He had to march all the way across the room where I was parked in the little corner. He dragged my chair to his office. My little canvas bag was getting stuck in the wheel, bashing about everywhere on his leg. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then he was like, can you stand? And I was like, no. (laughs) And then he was like, yes, you can. I've just had a look at your scan. You you can stand. (laughs) I thought I'd broken my ankle. And he was like, it's a mild sprain. You're discharged. And I was like... Right. Sorry. You don't want to waste the NHS time during a pandemic. You really don't want to be that girl. But how are you now? Much better. Just a little bit embarrassed. I have found my shoe since. It was not given to me by a prince, but... Where was it? It was in my mum's boot. (laughs) A boot in the boot? Yes. Okay. Uh... (laughs) As much sympathy as I expected to to gain from you. You ignored my... I thought my joke was better. Where was your boot? In the boot. That's not a joke so much as just... You say in the same way. It's just funny, isn't it? Well, I don't know if it is funny. (laughs) Maybe we need a live audience because if you don't find something I say funny, then that's kind of it and vice versa. But maybe they're sat at home washing the dishes, like breaking the dishes over the, you know, hilarity of it all. I mean, but in conclusion with the whole ankle malarkey, yes, very embarrassing. But also I did use the time to catch up on my Netflix addiction and that was very much needed. I think Netflix has been the one thing the one consistent thing that's not true I mean we've had a consistent lockdown for about a year now but it's been a big part of the last year and I have been absolutely glued to my tv I don't know about you yeah I mean I probably not the same things you're watching but I think the main thing that stuck out to me recently was Bridgerton have you seen it I haven't seen it I've seen that other people have seen it a lot of other people yeah it broke a record for like the most streamed yeah uh Hang on, I'm going to look this up because I want to seem like I know what I'm talking about. While Toby's doing it, if anyone if anyone hasn't seen it, Bridgerton is basically a combo of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. So it's English high society and when the ladies come out, they have to kind of get married by a certain time. Otherwise, it's taboo and there's a queen and what she says at the start of the season is very like indicative of who's going to get the best match and stuff. But there's this lady called Lazy, Lady Lazy, Lady Whistledown, and she's essentially the gossip girl who writes in this column and everything she says kind of impacts the people. And there's a bit of a steamy love story going on. I was going to give you the minutes as to when the steamy stuff is so you could time it so you don't watch that part with your parents. <laughs> but um, that would have required me to like sit down and like figure it out. So I'm not going to do that, but just be warned, there is a bit of steam yeah it was a most watched show ever on netflix damn i'm not surprised Which is pretty though. crazy. it is pretty crazy it's kind of also weird that i take a lot of my viewing suggestions from you know that bit at the top where it's like the top 10 in the uk today and it's like yeah 
I'm being told what to watch and I'm okay I'm with that. I'm also very skeptical about this because I recent I often go on these sort of uh, um, breadcrumb trails of of looking for certain movies. Like I'll watch a movie and it might be a really old movie from like sort of early 2000s and then I'm like I really want a movie just like that and I'll go on like a really intense research <laughs> um, into <laughs> to finding a movie that's like that that captures that feeling, right? And then a movie will come up, right? And this will be on like Google or something. And I'll read, I'll read on the IMDb description and think, you know, this, this sounds, sounds about right. I see that it's on Netflix. And then the next day I go onto Netflix and apparently that film, which is not a recent film, will be like number eight in the UK. And I'm thinking, there is no way that that movie is number eight in the UK. Spooky. What is this top 10? What is it the top 10 of? It can't be the most watched because it obviously takes into account like your cookie data and other things. No, that's definitely been tailored for you. We should compare it. We should compare top 10s over like a week and see if it stays the same. That's really weird though. Yeah, let's do it. Before the next show, let's let's do that. And let's ask a couple of other people as well to tell us what their top 10s are and we'll just see if it's the same. Yeah, yeah, right in. Let us know. So do you, do you think it's bad to watch a show just because everyone else is watching it? Because I feel like lockdown's been characterised by these really intensely um, popular shows that everyone has to watch. Yeah, we had Queen's Gambit. But then you give it a month and if you don't get caught up, it's just no one's talking about it anymore. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's cool. But if you're, yeah, like you say, if you're not on it, then you miss out. Like if you watch Bridgerton now and then you go back to everyone, you're like, guys, guys, can we talk about Bridgerton? They're like, well, no, actually. Or if you were talking about Queen's Gambit when everyone was on the Bridgerton hype, everyone would have been like, yeah, yeah, chess is cool. We know that. But we're on to like sex in a tree now. So if you wouldn't mind, which is basically Bridgerton. So so do, do you like Bridgerton in and of itself? And if, if you kind of come across it without knowing how popular it was, would you have enjoyed it as much, do you think? Yeah, I think it would have been a hidden gem. And I think I would have told everyone I knew about it and tried to get the hype. But the thing is, like, Bridgerton's one of those shows where it, I don't know how to explain it. It's like you have a feeling and you know what feeling you want to watch. And it gave me the feeling I wanted to watch. That sounds like I was just searching for sex. That's not the case. It was more like <laughs> drama, old, olden days, like, kind of thing. Meets well, I Gossip think Girl, so. it's interesting you say that because I've been reading a lot of uh, fantasy books at the moment. I'm, I'm on the last kind of stretch of uh, the Game of Thrones novels. And I think there's something really unique about fantasy in that it, it's it's all about escapism, like fundamentally. There, there's The best fantasy has like really strong parallels and commentary on what's happening today, but it kind of... Um, couches it in in a medieval setting that has an escapist element so it's kind of like that dual function and i think the same is can be said of any kind of um, period drama or anything like that it gives you a sense of escaping from the current world and even if they even if it's not a particularly attractive world the fact that the problems are different from today it's escapist and obviously but also they're so similar that you can relate and you're like oh this is like yeah I, it's I kind of a paradox on... but it's yeah but don't you feel like when you're watching something you'll get so absorbed in it. Like I got really stressed last night. I can't even remember what we were watching. I think the guy, oh, we were watching Wonder and Vision and the first episode basically is that um, the boss is coming home and the wife had planned like an anniversary dinner. Really minor, but I was sat there stressing out like, oh my God, is he going to lose his job? Stress and forgot about everything else that was going on until the episode ended. And I was like, oh, I can relax now. It's all ended okay. Like I honestly take on their stress as my own for that 20 minutes and I'm like panting. Don't know if I'm there just There we go. Alone. Escapism is escapism, escapism. And actually one of the things with um, Bridgerton... Drink when Toby that... says escapism. <laughs> <laughs> 
escapist sphere. <laughs> one of the um, <laughs> no, but one of the one of the things I've heard heard about Bridgerton again. I haven't seen it, but you know everyone's talking about it. One of the other things that I've heard about Bridgerton is uh, praise for the costumes. The fact that they're actually very unrealistic, like literally, they've been like brightened and um, yeah. made more kind of sumptuous and that sort of thing but they are very expensive and very well designed and that kind of thing and so actually whilst it's escapism in the sense of of problems from another era it has this gloss like do you ever notice in these period dramas when everyone has really like nice straight pearly white teeth and it's like that just wouldn't it's an anachronism isn't it that's why i think the blend with gossip girl because it's like high society as well it's just cool i like it i think you should watch it i think you would like it as well and if you're listening at home you've been fair warned about the sex that does also speak to the criticism against the crown which is weird because the crown's been going for some time and it's it's maintained it's uh, it was steadily increased i would say it's a uh, sort of critical acclaim and popularity and stuff but more recently it seems to have been criticized for not being wholly accurate and perhaps sending a, a problematic message about uh, about history is it is it not wholly at- accurate accurate because I did, I think everyone that watches The Crown, they'll watch an episode and then they'll furiously start Googling things. And I think some of the things, I only watched the first two episodes, but some of them seem to be true. And also the Queen's sister, I don't really want to say this, like have this something I say on air, but she's a bit of a minx and I kind of love it. I think the, uh, the the criticisms have possibly reached fever pitch is because of the introduction of Margaret Thatcher and um, Princess Diana. And I think I think it's the portrayal of the relationship between Prince Charles and, and Princess Diana, which has always been a bit controversial anyway. And I think putting it on screen and, and with a show that has probably been quite accurate until today, it's possibly that's where it's gaining criticism. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is definitely the drawback of a live audience. Not a live, a large audience. They're going to have opinions. Maybe it is better to just have a live audience of one. My friend at school used to uh, be his own live audience. He'd say something and then he'd follow it up with. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, and it's funny because if you didn't find the joke funny, then that's funny, and then you end up laughing at that, and then you really do have a live audience. I think he might be a genius at heart. That's actually kind of smart. He's the sort of person that would like do something by accident and then become like the youngest CEO in history or something. Is he listening? Well, we're not currently live, but. I keep forgetting that we're not on radio anymore. (laughs) However, speaking of having like a little live audience, I kind of do that when I'm pretending to be in a girl band where I'm the lead vocalist and backing vocals all in one. (laughs) But I feel like everyone does that into their hairbrush anyway. How many bands have you created then or been a part of in your life? Because I've got a few stories. Not really stories, just... Well, I've not ever created a band, Toby. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sat in my mum's, you know, spare room <laughs> recording into a microphone. With you, I'd be on tour. Yeah, maybe this is... Uh, <laughs> that didn't work out, so you found yourself behind a microphone in a different setting. So I actually have created a few bands in my in my time. The first one I ever created was called The Gangsters. It was obviously... I was very into The Killers at the time, so I just went with the next best thing. Um, that was just me and my friend at school. You know, you can't have a band with one person unless you're like, well, actually, that's quite that's quite um, trending now, like the gorillas and stuff. But I, at the time, it was it was not allowed to be. You can't be in a band with just one person. A band with with one person is just a solo artist. Yeah, and there's something about being in a band that was cooler. So um, I asked him if he wanted to be in the band. I was like, you don't have to do anything. I just need to be able to say that you're in the band. Um, obviously, we're never going to perform or anything. So it's just literally me and you that know that you are in the band. And uh, 
yeah so he did he did nothing towards it i i well i actually wasn't very good at writing music i just liked doing all the artwork and making those little like booklets that go inside the cd cases remember when we used to have cds and uh you made your own booklet yeah yeah CDs. I'd, like, honestly, I'd love to find them some someday i would love to see these wait sorry can i get this right you made booklet cds but you didn't make any songs i wrote the lyrics for songs and i did them all a cappella. Um, I mean, I was running before I could walk because um, none of us could play any instruments. I was, you know, I was doing a bit of guitar at the time, but you know, I was also the front man, the drummer, and the producer. So it was a uh, um... the most unmusical and unmusically gifted band that I've ever kind of seen. Well, you know, Taylor Swift is actually a good example of a one-woman band, though, because she has her own entourage. She's released her whole Fearless track again now. I think Love Story came out yesterday because she had such a faff with her label. So what, has she remastered it or something? Yeah, so I think they kind of took ownership over them when it's her music, obviously. So now she's just releasing it herself and in brackets it's called Taylor's Version. It's such a power move. She's, you know what, she's like the big sister I never had that got her heart broken so I didn't have to and like I'd learn from her mistakes. Obviously none of us like listened, we all made the same mistakes. <laughs> But then she's there like, don't worry, sis, like, let's be empowered with my next album, you know? I used to love Taylor Swift. The uh, um, love story was like my jam. I kind of was embarrassed to be a fan of hers until I watched her documentary. I'm such a sucker for people putting their own documentaries out. The whole point is that you leave it and you like them after. But I watch it kind of like iffy about them and I leave it crying like, I flipping love you. Like her, Sean Mendes. Yeah, no, music documentaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I watched the um, the Taylor Swift one. I think it was off we after we were talking about it. Yeah, I watched it and um, because I think she has such a, I don't know my my feelings of Taylor Swift very much are paralleled by the um, story that she tells in that documentary about she was this sort of country, you know, the country yeah. girl, the um, sort of childhood sweetheart type thing, but then she, you know, moved into this like immense kind of. Uh, intense fame and popularity and that kind of thing very under constant scrutiny and um I think that was probably around the time that I kind of stopped listening to her and I thought she became a bit more commercialized and but I don't know I don't know that I ever really liked her for the country girl vibe I don't know that I ever would have said particularly said she was a country that I didn't know her as a country singer I just didn't really listen to her until uni which is kind of weird because that's when I was into her older stuff it was, it's kind of like we're talking about a really cool like artist, like a hidden gem that we found. It's literally Taylor Swift. But I suppose like loads of people go through that because Miley Cyrus had her whole I'm not Hannah Montana rips the wig off moment. I wonder if every everyone will have that moment in their life. When will we when will we rip off our we're not Moto. We're <laughs> we'll evolve like Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I really like some of Taylor Swift's songs. Like, I really, it really is a pick and mix, though. Like, a lot of it I find very samey. Like, I actually wonder how she's able to make so many songs about seemingly different relationships and experiences. And I'm thinking, well, how does she have the time to do all of this if she's writing about them constantly? When was she actually living? And, yeah, how does she have the time to have these really, like... She sings about them like they've been together for years and stuff. And then I'm like, well, how is she having so many relationships to be able to write about them because the writing process itself is this is true you know she might write really quickly in fact that's what the documentary showed but she it takes a long process producing tracks and songs and she's you know she's produced a lot of albums about a lot of different stories maybe it's like a a what a very intense set of one week relationships and then <laughs> a boot camp maybe speed dating for the sole purpose of writing songs maybe they go into it and they're like look don't fall in love with me because i need to 
make an album next week. My voice is doing it. It's doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) You're here every week or every two weeks when we record. My voice actually blips in and out. It's going. (laughs) Proceed. Proceed while I clear my throat. It's not a bad position to be in, though. I mean, I'm I'm sure sure Taylor will correct me if I'm completely... uh undermining her her feelings and stuff. I don't think Taylor will ever correct us because I'm not sure she'll listen to this. But I mean, if you go into a relationship thinking, you know, this, you know, open-minded, but in the back of your mind, you you know that it's going to make a great song if everything goes kind of kaput. I do wonder if that uh, gives you a certain sense of power. (laughs) Maybe artists have a creative license when they go into something like by the way, you're signing over all of our rights and all of our personal memories because I need to make a banger if that's all right with you. And it's Taylor Swift. So they're not going to be like, Taylor, I don't feel comfortable if you write about me leaving our dirty laundry outside to dry. Like they're just that's they get to be with her. I actually got to this point and maybe it was a couple of years ago and I was thinking, why why is all music about like love and relationships? Why isn't there more music about the other amazing and um, weird experiences and even the mundane experiences that we go through? And then I think Lucy, what's her name, um, produced Tea and Toast. I mean, yeah, speaking of weird and wonderful things, I can't remember the guy, the name of the guy who sang this, but quite a gross song. It's that I thought I farted, but I shit. I don't know if you know, it's it's very catchy. And then it's like, and now it's squishy when I sit. Um, I'm not going to sing the whole thing for you, but check it out on YouTube. Um, maybe that's the kind of music you're after, Toby. I don't know. I mean, it definitely shakes things up a little bit from the usual, like, which guy or girl I'm crushing on this week, you know? Actually, having said that, there's that song by Olivia Rodrigo, Driver's License. Is it Driver's License or Driving License? Yeah, everyone's gone crazy for that. Is it been in, like, TikTok or something? Yeah, but it literally flashed... I don't know what word I'm looking for. I don't think it's Flash, but it stormed the charts, beat Ed Sheeran, like broke every record known to music history, which was crazy. And like, it's one of those songs that you feel like you've heard it before. And I listened to it and I fully got my driver's license. Kind of only the people I spoke about it with were my parents. So there's no real like emotional attachment there. But when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, yes. I could just imagine myself driving around less. Yeah, and it. I'm surprised that it, has taken off because I remember hearing it and thinking these these lyrics are just they're quite literal it the, you know the chorus is something to the effect of I'm getting in my car I'm driving around um the places we used to drive around and I'm allowed to do this because I've got a license so it's kind of <laughs> but maybe that's what we need a bit more about the you know this is something people can relate to I took my keys out of my pocket I clicked unlock then I realized they were my mum's keys so I had to go back inside and pick up my own keys it's I mean probably that's probably why she didn't add that part in because it doesn't have the same ring to it but it's very like (laughs) that's the um, unreleased version you know we we actually have special access to that girl who until five minutes ago we weren't sure of the name of (laughs) I think we should be famous like acclaimed critics and then they'll come in with that bit of audio going ba-dum (laughs) ba-dum boom it's like those people that just 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 come up with ideas um just so they can patent them even though they have no idea how to make said idea into practice banksy actually banksy i don't know if you followed what happened there but so i have a little bit of an interest in ip law flex um so i was reading this for fun which makes me feel like an absolute loser but banksy you know his flower thrower picture yeah painting so he had um, a trademark over that so basically no one else could use it for you know commercial reasons but then this card making company was like hey no 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 you're not using it let us use it 
And yeah, basically they got the right to use it because the courts were like, yeah, Banksy, bro, you're not you're not using this with the utmost respect, hun. Obviously, it was not said in that way, but maybe all courts should be that friendly and then no one would be scared of like suing. Yes, yeah, so I expect a lot more IP law where that came from. This has kind of been a roundabout way of maybe getting to our introduction, who we are, what we're about. Yeah, so we made this podcast because we had been off air for about a year. We were on student radio last March and then the whole world was like, lockdown, please. So we were in lockdown and then we picked up where we left off more or less in the shape of a podcast. And we hope that you find it funny, entertaining, annoying, anything that makes you feel will take as a as a win. <laughs> Even if it's rage, as it's still going back to that person washing their dishes, just like, and as we like to say, you know, if you're studying, pretending to study, driving, pretending to drive, Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, oh no, she's not pretending. She got a license. Don't, don't forget that. She couldn't have been more clear. She did. She made a song in the about title. it. This is me being ignorant. Sorry, Olivia. There's going to be a day where Olivia and Taylor Swift both listen to this podcast and they're like, oh my God. Let us come on as guests and tell you our side of things. This is so unfair. <laughs> or they'll write a song about it when we say, no, you can't come on to our show. But yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a, of a rogue one today. Um, as Mahini says, we're going to try and tap into the full spectrum of human emotions. Um, and if we do, if you feel anything, then we've, we've done our jobs. In any case, we've managed to get this under 30 minutes. And I mean, if you play that on double speed, that's like less than 15 minutes. You can make a coffee in that time. Why do you take 15 minutes to make a coffee? I think that's like a two minute in out. Oh, Mahini, we have we have very different ideals about coffee. That's a story for another day. You can consider this show your espresso for life, shall we say. That's so cringe. I can't believe we're ending on that. But we are because it's time to call it TOD, time of done. <laughs> I thought that was a real acronym then. We'll be back not next Monday, but the Monday after. And yeah, stay safe. Stay groovy. That's so lame. A podcast about life, culture, music, entertainment, and just about everything else. A podcast about life, culture, music, entertainment, and just about everything else.